0: so uh, good evening sisters and brothers in the dharma tonight uh, i would like to share with you the power of the mind Uh, one day i would like to quote uh, one story from sanyutta nikaya first a dewa a deity Approached the Buddha and asked question. He asked, "By what is the world led around? By what is it dragged here and there? By what is it? By what all under its control?" And the Buddha answered. By mind is the world led around. By mind is it dragged here and there. By mind all is under its control. So from Buddha's answer, we know the power of the mind. However, the power of the mind is unknown to many people right today i'm going to reveal to you the power of the mind so when we talk about the mind mind can be categorized mind can be divided into two part two categories. one is called wholesome mind another one is called unwholesome mind Wholesome mind is associated with all beautiful mental factors. For example, loving-kindness, compassion, wisdom, concentration, faith, and so on. An unwholesome mind is associated with all unwholesome mental factors like jealousy, anger, greed, delusion, slow and torpor, restlessness, and so on. And the wholesome mind is called kusala in Pali. Why is it called kusala? kusala? Because it is praiseworthy and productive of happy result. And unwholesome mind is called akusala. It is called akusala because it is blame-worthy and productive of unpleasant result. Okay. And the wholesome mind can produce wholesome energy inside the body as well as outside the body. So to understand this, I'd like to tell a little bit uh, the teaching of Abhidharma first. Okay. So in the teaching of the Abhidharma, every mental state, uh, whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, can produce a group of rupa kalapa. <laughs> Rupa Kalapa is Pali word, it's called particles. So every state of mind can produce a group of particles. And we call matter produced by mind. Inside this group of particles, there is one element called fire element. Let's say, now I... Radiate loving-kindness meditation so the state of my mind is wholesome and this loving mind can produce a group of particles inside my body and this group of particles is healthy very healthy because it is produced by wholesome mind And inside this group of particles, there's one element called fire element. And this fire element has the capacity, can produce another generation of particles. And these particles can travel out from the body and can travel far, very far away depend on the power of your mind. If your power of loving kindness is strong, or your power of the concentration and wisdom is strong, and this energy, this group of particle produced by fire originated from the mental state can travel very far. And it can reach other person, other beings, and it has very soothing effect on others and also can transform other people's uh, aggressive behavior to become more gentle. So let me give an example, the Buddha's example. The Buddha's cousin, Devadatta. Devadatta has evil wish. He wants to take over Buddha's position. So one day, He has the intention to kill the Buddha. So one day, he feed uh, the elephant uh, Nalagiri elephant. He feed him alcohol, and this Nalagiri elephant become drunk uh, and lose his consciousness. So when Buddha came with a follower, uh, many of his disciples And Devadatta let loose this drunk elephant to attack the Buddha. And so when this Naragiri elephant rushed towards the Buddha, and Buddha immediately radiate, radiated loving kindness towards this drunk elephant, violent elephant. And when Buddha radiates this loving-kindness, it's a wholesome state of the mind. And this wholesome state of the mind can produce matter produced by mind in a group of particles. And this group of particles, there's one element called fire element. This fire element can generate another group of particles, dupa kalapa, and and the and f- second group, a second generation of uh, particles, inside that also fire element. And that fire element also can produce another group of particles. So keep on generating. And this group of particles can travel very far. Uh, so when Buddha radiates his loving kindness, so these particles, we call it energy, for common uh, use common language. This energy, wholesome energy, travel and reach this elephant. And since it's produced by wholesome state of the mind, therefore it has very soothing effect. And this soothing effect, when it reaches uh, the drunk or this violent elephant, immediately, it can transform or uh, transform or soothe, soothe its aggressiveness. And the elephant immediately becomes tame, and suddenly this elephant stops in front of the Buddha without attacking the Buddha. Just stop in front of him, without taking any action. Therefore, from this incident, you can see how the power of the mind generated by wholesome state of the mind can protect protect us from the dangers and harm. Not only that, it also has very strong positive and soothing effect on the other party. It can transform the other party's behavior. And we all have this power. We just need to develop it, cultivate it. You may say that, oh, only Buddha has this power to us. It sounds impossible. Then I would like to relate to you one of my experiences. I'm also an ordinary person, right? So when I was in Malaysia, I lived in the forest. So one day, in the midnight, I woke up because there are many, so many black, tiny ants all over my body, Mm -hmm. bite me. So it's so painful. Therefore, I woke up at the midnight. And when I realized there are so many ants crawling all over my body, And as a monastic, I cannot kill. I cannot kill the tiny ants. So I try to pick one by one the ants off my body, but too many. I cannot handle it. And the bite is so painful, my skin immediately becomes inflamed. So finally, I, I want to use the power of my loving kindness so i radiate loving kindness to all this end who bite me huh? so may all this end be well and happy may all this end be well and happy i think within 1 minute or 1 to 3 minutes all the ends except two ants who are slow receiver of my <laughs> slow receiver of my loving kindness still bite me and the rest of the ants stop biting me (coughs) so at the time although I was bitten by this the two slow receiver ants I cannot feel the pain as I felt before I wonder before that the ants also bite me now these two ends also bite me why i cannot feel the pain then i realized because at that moment my mind is at wholesome state because i am radiating loving kindness to all these ends so when my mind is at wholesome state i cannot feel any pain inflicted on my body so this is the magic of the mind and from this incident, I suddenly realized, if you if you have read the Buddha's past life story, where uh, he practiced the ten paramis, the ten perfections, you know, so when he practiced ten perfection, then he got to in he got to endure many pains inflicted on him. Sometimes his you know people cut his limb cut his nose, cut his ear, and yet he still wished other people well and happy. At that time I was puzzling, I I feel I cannot understand why Buddha why the Bodhisattva cannot feel the pain while he was while he while his limb was chopped off until I experienced it myself. You know, when, when I experience myself that when my mind is at wholesome state, then you cannot feel any pain that was inflicted on you. So I suddenly understand you know, why when the when he was injured or when he was hurt by other people, he didn't feel the strong pain because his mind is engaged in wholesome state. In wholesomeness, and his mind only thing of other people's welfare and benefit. Therefore, he cannot feel the pain inflicted by other people onto himself." This is the magic of the mind, the power of the mind. Okay, another, in another incident I would like to relate to you is a monk's story. Huh? There's a Thai monk living in the forest. He, was, uh, he practiced uh, Tudong, ascetic. He only slept sleep in the forest under the umbrella. And in the deep forest, there are so many tigers, wild anim- uh, animals. So one day, he went out from, from his umbrella and take a, uh, took a lantern with him. So after a few steps, suddenly he he heard a a roar of tiger from his front direction. Then he was so afraid, he wanted to turn, he quickly turned. And when he turned, he heard another roar of tiger from the back direction. And he was in the middle. At the time he said, my goodness, I'm going to die. There are two tigers, one in front and one at the back. So at this time, he felt that, no, I should trust the power of my mind. So he put aside the fear of death. Don't think of fear of death. And quickly, he focused his mind on his breath, just like you have focused your mind on the breath just now. right? So he focused his mind on the breath, and put aside the fear of death and at that moment because death is approaching there's no restless there's no wandering thought he does not allow any restlessness or wandering thought to invade his mind because death is approaching <laughs> cannot think of other things so just focus the mind on the breath so soon he entered into deep concentration and he forget the time, he forget the environment, he forget the danger. And when he finished his meditation, standing uh, while holding the lantern, standing, enter into deep concentration, he, he said, don't know how long. When he emerged from his concentration, he felt that he's still standing, and the light's already off, and he's safe. No harm, and danger fall upon him because of his power of concentration. So this power of concentration, our power of the mind, can protect us from harm, harm, and danger. Okay. So this these this are the few instant instances how through the wholesomeness of the mind we can protect ourselves. And another instance is through this power of the power of the mind we can heal ourselves. Or we can heal ourselves from the sickness. No need to go in, no need to go to hospital. Okay, let me relate to you one of my uh, experiences. Okay, one day, I think many years ago, I was in Himalaya, Himalaya, India, and I have this mountain sickness, right? That caused me strong, strong headache, very strong headache, and as a practitioner, I contemplate this headache. This pain is impermanent, 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 (laughs) but it looks so permanent, right? And I just, okay, impermanent doesn't work. So I contemplate, uh, not myself, this pain is not myself, not self, not self, but I really feel the pain. It seems, it's I feel the pain. So this contemplation of non-self also doesn't work. Finally, I say, okay, let me try compassion meditation, one after another. So I try compassion meditation. I take this headache as object, right? And say, since I suffer from this strong headache, I don't want other beings suffer the same as I suffer. Therefore, I take this headache as object, And I wish, all may all beings be free from this headache. Now I suffer. Uh, May all beings be free from this headache. I now suffer. Within very short time, I think three minutes or less than three minutes, I can see the pain inside my head, how it subsides. I can see it very clearly. Like, you know, like under the what the microscope, <laughs> I can see the one line that caused pain suddenly go through my head and subside. So you see, the power of compassion immediately heal my headache. Another incident is in when I was in Los Angeles. at the time I was conducting a retreat. And after the third day, in the midnight, uh, I have strong pain uh, below my stomach, acute pain below my stomach. It's so painful, whatever <coughs> contemplation I use cannot work. So finally, I think of this compassion meditation again. So I put my hand on, this, on the pain, uh, and I read the same compassion because I suffer this pain, it's strong pain. And I don't want to uh, trouble other people, bother other uh, trouble, trouble other people to send me to hospital because it's acute pain. No? I should go to emergency unit at that time. But I say forget it. I want to heal myself using the power of my own mind. So I put one of my hands on on this pain on this lower abdomen and same thing, uh? I, because I suffer from this pain, then I, I generate the wish, may all beings be free from the suffering I now experiencing. Again and again, uh, I generate this wish, may all beings be free from the suffering I now endure. After few minutes, I fell asleep. Although the pain is so severe, I, then I fell asleep. When you fell asleep, you don't feel anything at all, right? Then I sleep until tomorrow morning. When I wake up, the pain almost subsides already. No more. Only 10, 10, 10% left. So this compassion meditation, now, I use it very often when I have uh, sickness in my body. When I cannot endure that pain, then I use this compassion meditation to heal myself and today i give this gift to you please use it when you have strong pain in the body or any sickness in the body you can use this to heal yourself first before you go and see doctor (laughs) okay if it doesn't work then only you go and see doctor (laughs) if it works then you don't have to go okay so these are the power of the mind. The power of the mind can protect us from the harm and danger that fall upon us. Or the power of the mind can heal ourselves from the sickness. Okay. So this is the wholesome state of the mind. How about the unwholesome state of the mind? Right. Unwholesome state of the mind also can produce a group of particles. And inside that, we call matter produced by mind. Uh, inside that group of particles, uh, inside one particle, there is fire element, and this fire element can produce new generation of particles. And these this particles can travel far and reach the other person. And since it's produced by unwholesome mind, therefore, it has very negative effect on others. And before I tell how it can affect uh, others, I would like to talk about a little bit the force of attraction. I call it the force of attraction. Uh, this is my, call, my calling. Yeah? It's not in the sutta. Huh? I call it the force of attraction. One day, when when the Buddha was on top of the hill with Venerable Ananda, and he saw not far away Venerable Sariputta, his great disciple, disciple, uh, with a group of people following the Venerable Sariputta. And the other side, there is uh, Venerable Mongalana, with a group of followers. And another side, there is uh, Devadatta, uh, his cousin. Devadatta with a group of followers. And Buddha told uh, Ananda, he said, Ananda, please see. This for, uh, This group of people, follow venerable, Anand, uh, venerable Sariputta because they all incline to wisdom. Those who follow venerable Mongalana are people who incline to psychic power. And those who, uh, who follow uh, Devadatta are the are the people who have evil wishes. So this is called the force of attraction, the Buddha said. So the same element come together and unite. Right. So the same people, they come together and unite. Those who emphasize uh, develop, development of wisdom will just follow Venerable Sariputta because they have the same element Therefore, they unite together. And those who incline to psychic power, they have same element, then they will follow venerable Mongalana, then they unite together. And those who have uh, uh, evil wishes will follow Devadatta. So Buddha says one thing, which is very important. The same element will come together and unite. I call this force of attraction. So when our, mind, when our mind is at anger state, let's say, or uh, unwholesome state, anger state, and this state of mind can produce matter produced by mind, a group of particles. Uh, and inside the particles, there's fire element, and this fire element can produce another generation of <sighs> particles, and these particles can travel far. And since it is produced by unwholesome state of the mind, therefore it has very unwholesome energy and this energy will attract unwholesome energy come upon you when you generate unwholesome state of the mind or when you have anger state of the mind uh, and this anger state of mind can emit can emit uh, unwholesome energy that travel far and attract those same energy, a violent en- energy, to come to you, and you will be hurt. I would like to relate also one of my experiences, huh There are many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, when I was living in Burma, one day I have some uh, disagreement with my fellow nun. So because of some dispute, huh? Then my mind is at the state of anger. So with this anger mind, I went back. I went back to my kuti. Kuti is where I stay, uh, the cottage. So I went back to the back door to my kuti. Near the door, there was a dog, stray dog. The dog was, was there all the time. Uh. So but at that day when my mind My mind was at anger state. So when I went back to my kuti, suddenly, the dog jumped up and attacked me. And I fell down. And the the dog quickly ran away. (coughs) At that moment, I cannot understand why the dog attacked me. Because the dog was there all the time. But why that day, particular day, why the dog attacked me? I cannot understand. Many years passed. When I start to understand the power of the mind and the force of attraction, uh, how the anger might you know emit uh, unwholesome energy that attract the same energy to come to you, only I understand why the dog attacked me. Because at that time, I have anger. So this anger state of mind produces a group of particles. And this group of particles can travel uh, and travel and reach that dog. And this because it's unwholesome energy, positive negative energy, therefore, this negative energy triggers the dog's violent. It triggers trigger the dog, the dog's violent, therefore the dog attack me. Finally, I understand. Therefore, whenever we have unwholesome mind, uh, anger mind, jealousy mind, uh, or violent mind, uh, cruelty and so on, and this type of unwholesome mind can generate very negative energy that trigger the same energy to come near to you. To come near to you, even to attack you. So, in this case, who should be blamed? We, the unwholesome state of the mind, is to be blamed. Right? Therefore, in order to protect oneself from danger and harm, we should keep the wholesome state of the mind all the time. This unwholesome state of the mind, not only not, uh, not only uh, uh, how to call it, not only uh, have uh, bad effect on others, even has bad very uh, unwholesome effect or bad effect on the whole universe. This is mentioned in Anguttara Nikaya, uh, number four. Buddha said, uh, if the king uh, the country, the king of country, has. Uh, if his mind is corrupted, and 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 if he is not righteous, then the ministers, his followers, uh, the priest, the householders, the citizen in the same country, also will have unwholesome. A uh, mind, a corrupted mind, and also become. Uh, Uh, become not righteous and at that time uh, if you know so many people's mind are corrupted and at that time Buddha said the moon the stars and the Sun go wrong in the courses the wind the the, the day and night uh, uh, the day and night the season The years were out of order. And the wind does not blow seasonally. The sky does not rain sufficiently and seasonally. And the crops uh, cannot have, we cannot harvest the uh, crop uh, seasonally. So all human beings who live on such crops crops, will be sick will become weak. And we are a human being who live on such crop, harvest, and we will become sick, weak. Why? The source comes from the corrupted mind from all people surrounded, or all people in the country or in the world. Therefore, all this unwholesome state of the mind emit very unwholesome energy that can affect even the whole stars the moon and the sun and the rain and the wind and so on therefore nowadays we have so many disasters right we have tsunami earthquake we have fire forest fire and so on we have so many disasters. if we believe what buddha taught. All these disasters uh, do not occur accidentally. They occur because of the cause. Causes. What are the causes? The corruption in human mind. So we are one, you know. We are a part of this universal universe, right? So we have the responsibility to take care of the earth. So in order to take care to take care of the earth, we must have we must develop this wholesome state of the mind. However, Buddha also said in Dhammapada, the mind delight in evil. So the mind ten. To become unwholesome rather than wholesome. So if this unwholesome mind arises in, in us, what should we do? We know unwholesome mind will you know will attract unwholesome energy to come to us and harm us. So if we we do want to be harmed, then we have to change this unwholesome state of the mind. Right? Therefore, in Banchima Nikaya Sutta. 20, we about santana sutta, the removal of unwholesome mind. Buddha gives five ways to help us. When there is unwholesome state of the mind arise in our mind, then we follow what Buddha's teaching and to remove all this unwholesome state of the mind. Let's say if there is anger arise in the mind, nah, unwholesome state including all the you know anger mind, deluded mind, uh, greed, greedy mind, jealousy mind and so on. Okay, Let's say anger mind. When the anger arise in the mind, Buddha said, how to dispel, remove the anger? How? Buddha said, use the opposite state of the mind, the opposite state of the anger remove the anger so what is the opposite state of the anger loving kindness right loving kindness meditation so when the anger arises in the mind if we if if we if we don't stop that anger state of the mind then this anger state of mind will produce very bad energy that trigger other people's anger to you so in order to protect ourselves and to protect others So we quickly change the anger mind to loving kindness, loving mind. So at that time, you should generate the loving kindness and may this person, let's say you angry with one person, may this person be free from, uh, may this person be well and happy. May this person be well and happy. In order to change your mind, you keep on generate or keep on radiate the loving kindness towards the person you are angry you are angry with, but for those who are not familiar or who are not skillful in loving kindness meditation to send to radiate loving kindness to the person you are angry with is not an easy task right <laughs> We may get more angry with him right <laughs> so uh, this one uh, Austra- Australian monk, uh, when he was practicing this loving-kindness meditation, when practicing this uh, loving-kindness meditation, there is a way, systematic way. So first, we radiate loving-kindness to a respectable person. that We easily have loving-kindness to him or to her, right? Because he's a respectable one. So if we succeed, then we go to the second type of person. Second type of person is the person, uh, uh, is a neutral person. We don't hate and we don't like. So we, uh, we choose this second type of person and radiate loving kindness to him. And if we succeed, then we reach the third type of person. The third type of person is enemy. We radiate loving kindness to enemy. This is not an easy task. So when this Australian monk, he succeeded in sending loving kindness to the respectable person and succeeds in sending loving kindness to a neutral person. But when reached to enemy, then the real challenge is there. So one day, he went to report to his teacher. He, say he, he, he told his teacher, he said, when I tried to radiate loving kindness to my enemy, I was so afraid my enemy will become well and happy. <laughs> <laughs> so from here you understand it's not easy to radiate, to wish your enemy to become well and happy. Huh? although mentally you say may you be well and happy, but in the heart you don't want him to become well and happy. <laughs> Therefore, huh? uh, although, although Buddha encouraged us to you know, radiate loving-kindness when there's anger, but you have to practice this loving-kindness meditation first. When you're master of it, then you can use it. Before master of it, don't do it. <laughs> okay. So if don't do it, then go to the second step. Second uh, suggestion uh, given by the Buddha. So, Buddha said, try to examine the danger, or to try to reflect the danger of the anger. So, if you fail in loving kindness meditation, nah, then you try to reflect the danger of the anger. This, den- the ang- this anger is reprehensible. Uh, it's very ugly. Yeah? Not good for me. It cause suffering for me, and so on. And if I die with the anger mind, then I'm not going to good destination. Right? From, uh, I'd like to relate one of the stories from my fellow nun. She was uh, uh, she was Englishman, uh, Eng- uh, England, e- uh, English nun, right? Uh, she has the ability to recollect her past life. So she told me, uh, in her past life, she was a male deva. Deva means uh, deity, uh, stay in the heaven. He was male deva. And he, he fell in love with one female deva. But after some times, the female deva went after another deva, Just like human, in human being, uh, same. And this, my friend, uh, his male deva, he gets very angry. Yeah, he gets very, very angry about his, his female dewa who fall in love with other people. And when the anger arises in his mind, Suddenly his life is cut off. And he fell from the heaven to the place. He he, he she told me, huh? he fell from the heaven to a place full of darkness. And this is the realm of ghost. So he became a ghost because of the anger. He fell from the heaven and became the ghost. This was, this was her past life experience. So one can reflect the danger of anger. Huh? When there's danger of anger, you the uh, the anger mind will emit also unwholesome energy that attract the same energy to come to you. So you try to reflect the the danger of the anger. But if but if one fails, still, anger is still very strong uh, in, in that person, then Buddha say, go to the third step. The third step is try to forget the thought. Try to forget the thought that makes you angry, or not pay attention to that thought that, that makes you angry just like when we practice meditation right when we when we keep our mind on the breath uh, sudden, suddenly you feel some pain on the leg try to ignore that pain don't pay attention to it in the same way uh, don't pay attention to the thoughts that makes you angry so this is the third step we can use uh. and if this still fails then Buddha said, use the four step. The fourth step is try to investigate. Uh, try to investigate the cause for your anger. Since the teaching of the Buddha is cause and effect. So the anger is the effect of certain causes. So try to investigate what causes that makes you angry. And try to kill kill the causes. Try to work with the causes. When the causes is killed, then the effect will disappear. And many people, you know, the angry, many people have their different causes. So you, you investigate your own causes and work on that causes so that the effect of the anger will disappear in you. But if this fail again, uh, Buddha said, the last choice, the last choice is, Buddha says, uh, clench your teeth. <laughs> uh, clench your teeth and press the tongue against the roof of your mouth. And use the wholesome and beat down, uh, beat down the unwholesome state of the mind with wholesome state of the mind. This is the last choice you can use <laughs> if the last choice still cannot work for you then action right <laughs> we are going to perform unwholesome karma right if you cannot control your anger and using all these steps suggested by the buddha still the anger still persists. i think this person will just act and perform unwholesome karma once the unwholesome karma is performed, it leaves behind unwholesome karmic potential. Potent, uh, potential, and this karmic potential, when it ripens, uh, when it meet with favorable condition and ripens, and the effect will take place. Well, the effect will take place, and you or the person who commit that unwholesome karma will suffer accordingly, according to the karma he had okay so therefore uh, as a practitioner we must understand the power of the mind huh? and to protect ourselves from harm and danger, we must always cultivate and develop wholesome state of the mind not only for ourselves, also for others, for the whole country for the whole universal therefore buddha said ah oh monks i do not see even one thing that when developed and cultivated when developed and cultivated brings such happiness as the mind therefore we should try our best to develop more and more wholesome mind for the welfare and benefit for ourselves as well as for others and for the whole universe okay so i uh, i stop my talk here and we open for discussion okay yes Yes, yes. Yes, you.
1: Thank you so much for your lovely talk. You mentioned bodhisattva, Mm. and you were described as a practitioner in the Theravada Mm. tradition. Mm. In my mind, I associate, I don't associate the... um, that with the Theravada mm. tra- tradition, it's, mm. I think of it as something uh, in Mahayana, in Tibet mm. or mm. China. Mm-hmm. Is, is, the, is that part of the Theravada tradition, the um, bodhisattva?
0: Of course. I didn't know that. <laughs> of course. Oh, bodhisattva, bodhisattva, are the, uh, bodhisattva is the person who destined to become the Buddha. Right? Then the uh, Gautama Buddha, whether it's Zen or Korean Zen or Mahayana or Japan or Theravada, we all take Gautama Buddha as our teacher.
1: I thought the, 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 ar- the Arhat is the, it t- t- takes the place in the Theravada tradition of. Wh- who is the Arhat in your tradition?
0: Buddha is also
1: Arahant.
0: Buddha is also arahan. All Buddha are arahan. Arahant means the person who had killed all the deformants. No more deformants. No more deform, deform, deformants. Only you can become Buddha, right? So all Buddha are arahan. But not, not all arahan are Buddha. right? So in Theravada, of course, we have Bodhisattva path. I have encountered so many monks, great monks, who inspired to become Buddha and they are practiced Bodhisattva Path. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Uh, a condition that my happens to my mind uh, often is fear. Troubles me, mm. is, is fear an unwholesome mind state? And uh, can you say anything uh, about what uh, I can do?
0: Fear of what?
1: Hmm. Uh, fear of unhappiness, fear of failure, fear of people not, not liking me, Pretty much anything that uh, I can think <laughs> of that would make my life uh, okay. horrible.
0: Okay. Okay. I think fear is something very common. Wherever I go, people ask me this question, right? Fear. So to me, fear of something. To me, is is a type of imagination, because you 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 are you fear of something which is not yet happened, right? So, which is not yet happened is something, not real. You are worried of something. You are worried or fear of something which is not yet happened. So, to me, I don't waste my time. Fear of something which is not yet happened. <laughs> it's just, if you if you cannot uh, cannot control yourself not to be, not to fear or not to be fearful, then try to aware of that state of the mind. When there's a fear arise in you, just know that state of the mind, simply a state of the mind, nothing to do with the self, nothing to do with yourself. It's just a simple, simply a state of the mind. So you, you can, you know, you can uh, contemplate that state of the mind, the mind affected by fear as the mind affected by fear. That fear state of the mind is not myself, it's not myself. It's just a state of the mind. And it is impermanent. You try to contemplate it. First, just a state of the mind, nothing to do with yourself, not myself. And further, you can contemplate it. This fear state of the mind is impermanent, impermanent, impermanent. Only then, you will not cling to it. You will not cling to it as yourself, and also, you will not cling to it as permanent. Always obsess your mind. Right? Yes, okay. Yes, OK, thank you. <laughs> Here?
2: Thank you, folks coming here for the talk. Um, I have a question. I think it was number three that you mentioned that. Um,
0: try to, don't pay attention to it, right? I thought it was like,
2: find the cause of, uh, of, of the anger.
0: The cause, or the fourth. Fourth one, um, mm-hmm. and try to kill it or destroy mm-hmm.
2: it. Mm-hmm. Um, what if, uh, in my mind, that mm. the cause of the anger is like some objective event that I think it's objective but obviously there's some interpretation there for me. So how do I destroy something like that?
0: Can you make it more c- c- clear?
2: Um well, a lot of things cause mm. me oh. to be angry about something, right? Mm
0: out of your control. Right. So so, so
2: let's say like an event. Mm. I mean, without getting personal, um, Mm. I could go a little bit larger and say, oh, the elections happened. I'm really angry about that. Mm. I'm really angry about the results of the elections, Mm. let's say. Mm. So how do I destroy an event or, or some perception of an event?
0: This way Buddha give four five five way if the fourth the fourth way cannot work then you you can take another first way second way third way and the fifth way if the fourth way cannot you know doesn't work for you and the last way which I would like to share in my next talk on 28 how to contemplate the mind whatever state of the mind can be contemplated. And don't let that state of the mind be associated with the self, with yourself. If you let whatever state of the mind, you know, especially unwholesome mind, be associated with yourself or you identify any state of the mind as myself, myself, that state of the mind lasts longer and longer. So you should try to disassociate, disassociate or disidentify that state of the mind with self then that state of the mind find no foothold to stay long. Then it just disappeared. So, so this is the, the last. It's, not, it's mentioned in the practical way in the Satipatthana Sutta. Uh, try to see that state of the mind as not yourself. As a cause and effect. As you mentioned, it's just a cause and effect relationship. Uh, it's not myself; just a state of the mind. It will soon disappear, vanishing, vanishing. Then try to contemplate it. Gone, gone, gone. Don't let it stay in the mind. Mm-hmm. Using contemplation, the satipatthana way, which I will share only last my next talk. Thank you. If you want to come, you want to learn the way. Please come next, next, <laughs> next talk. <laughs>
1: Another question, please. You mentioned you're from, you, you lived in Burma. You're from Burma.
0: I, I live in Malaysia. I'm Malaysian, but I was trained in Burma. And
1: perhaps you can explain to us hmm. something that seems so hard to understand, how the Burmese monks, Buddhist monks, are behaving today in Burma against the minority population there. The Bur- the Burmese <coughs> Buddhist monks are acting so violently against a minority in Burma. Can you explain how, what's going on in their minds?
0: Uh, I, I, I have left Burma for six years, seven years oh, okay. already. <laughs> so I don't know the story there. I don't know the story there. Mm.
2: I want to repeat the same question that was asked before. I think I'm a little confused. When Buddha said, "If you find the cause mm. for your unwholesome, um, mm. this thing, then destroy the mm. cause," mm. I guess he doesn't mean the cause outside. He means mm. the cause. He means the cause inside. Yeah. I don't know what he implies exactly. Can you? The
0: cause inside, inside. The cause inside. The cause. You know. I think the cause is only the, our our own defilements. For example, we suffer. Visakha is the most generous woman during Buddha's time, right? Uh, one day uh, she wear all white and with the the wet hair and she went to monastery and see Buddha. And Buddha said, How come you how come why you look so you know unusual with wet hair and white clothes and with tear, uh, with tear uh, on her face? And Visaka explained that her beloved her beloved granddaughter just passed away, so she feels so sorrowful. And Buddha asked, "If other people die in the savati, do you feel as sorrow as you feel now?" Visaka said, "No, no, no." Then Buddha said, "Why no?" When Visakha said, because the person die, it has nothing to do with me. They are not my grand, granddaughter. And the Buddha said, the is the cause for your sorrow. What's the cause? Your attachment. Your attachment to th- your granddaughter is the cause of your sorrow. Therefore, work on that cause. Usually, that cause for, is from internal, from our attachment, our desire, You know, our clinging and so on. I thought Americans like to ask (laughs) questions. Why do they so quiet? (laughs)
3: Hi, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, I have a question about um, the, the step to try and expunge the unwholesome. Okay. Because I, I know of this teaching, mm. I think a Tibetan teaching, that says um, when unwho, unwholesome thoughts arise, mm. uh, not to repress and not to cling. Mm-mm. So it seems to be contradictory to what you're saying. Okay, so I'm
0: not, sorry, not to suppress. Uh, not repress. To neither
3: to repress not nor clean. to cling. So
0: how to deal with it? So
3: I think it means, you know, hold it in a mindful place. Just look at it and, and you know, don't push it away, but no, don't cling, let it be. Mm. I think is the teaching, if I'm correct. So I'm wondering... Mm. How that fits into your Mm. teaching?
0: Okay, I think the the what the Tibetan teaching is contemplate it. According to Satipatthana Sutta, right? According to Satipatthana Sutta, there's one section called contemplation of the mind. Whatever wholesome state or unwholesome state of the mind can be contemplated, right? So when that state of the mind arises in the mind, Mm. we don't push it away and we don't cling to it as myself. Therefore, you contemplate that state of the mind, simply that state of the mind, right? But I think that is not enough. If you contemplate that state of, of the mind, simply sim- simply a state of the mind, it, it, it will not lead you to liberation as well. So after contemplate that state of the mind as that as a state of the mind, you also have to see it's vanishing, it's passing away, it's vanishing and it's cause and effect. It's uh, it's an effect of certain cause. If it's an effect of certain cause, it means that it's not a self, it's not a permanent self, right? So we keep on contemplating that state of the mind as impermanent, as not a self. This way of practice is according, is according with the four foundations of mindfulness. Buddha mentioned that it's a different way, uh, different way of uh, because some people, when whatever state of the mind that arise, they arise, they immediately cling to it and identify that state of the mind as myself, myself. right? So Buddha gives many different ways. Some are the five ways I mentioned, but the last way I mentioned is in another sutta, we call Satipatthana Sutta. So you can use that way as well. That way fit into what Tibetan's teaching, Okay.
4: hi um I was wondering about mind states and uh sort of like what what sort of usage um can we do of mind states because we don't control when they arise yeah. um so sort of in a skillful way, how can we sometimes um just make the best out of them?
0: Make make, 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 use the, of
4: make good usage of mind states as they arise.
0: The state mind state, yeah. whatever good or bad.
4: Uh, wh- whatever. Actually, like, is it? I guess uh, when it comes to unwholesome, we mm. we just want them to. We just want to leave them alone, right? Mm. But when it comes to wholesome mind mm. states, I don't know. There are certain like qualities attached to certain mind states that then we can sort of use for. Any particular usage, yeah. or, or sort of like what I'm curious about? Does that make sense? Uh,
0: so, so your point is, we want to develop more and more that wholesome state.
4: It's more um, like I would, I would guess that some mind states mm. are s- more suitable, more um, relevant to mm. certain activities. Mm-mm. And this is sort of like what I'm curious about. Like uh, the the. Well, first of all, uh, can you give an example of like some wholesome mind mind states? What what are some uh, some of those mind states?
0: Like loving kindness, Mm -hmm. compassion, uh, 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 rejoice in other people's achievement, right? Then uh, reflect the. The equanimity one's own karma uh, you know one is related, one is born by one's own karma, whatever happened to us, there is cause for it. It's got right understanding of one's own action and karma, one's own action and its result. All these are a very wholesome states, and wisdom you know reflect the impermanent nature of all formations and also the concentration. All these are wholesome states of mind.
4: So yeah. can can we control no. uh can we control the the fact that can can we make those states arise? Can we call those states? Of course. Okay. Of course. I also thought that there's this sort of like under underlying like level where states just show up and no. we have to be with those states whenever no, they no, show no. up. You
0: have to you have to how to call you have to. Uh, you have to. When the circumstances arise, you just call that state, let it arise in the mind. You know. So like, you call the state? Yeah, call the state. Like wake wake that state up. All these good states are sleeping, you know, sleeping. So when the circumstances allow or arise, you just wake him up, and let the state stay in the mind.
4: I, I, I can't give uh, an accurate, um, uh, I, I can't trace back where I heard that from, but I, I just mm. heard that there is one good practice as well, which to recognize, mm. uh, to identify mm. mind states as mm. they arise mm. and to, um, to just learn to like, um, mm. how would I say that? Um, To, it, it's not even being passive to the mind states as they arise, but to, to just like be aware of, of, of how mind states just arise naturally mm-hmm. throughout time and yeah. our experiences. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I, I remember, actually, is like to not go against the states that we experience. I
0: uh, so, mean to, aware, to, to, to fully aware what is occurring, what is oc- uh, uh, occurring at that moment I think just to aware,
4: aware would you?
0: Uh, aware, mindful, mindful of it. Oh sure, okay. it. Just be mindful of whatever state that arises at that moment. Mm. Yes, that's that's.
4: That would be okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Yes, thank you. This is also
0: one way of the practice. Mm. Mm. The okay. way of mindfulness.
4: Thank you.